Hello and welcome to Nutmeg Book Drops, Elementary Edition. This podcast is brought to you by Librarians Connect, a group of public and school librarians from throughout the state of Connecticut. Find us online at bit.ly slash librariansconnect. On each episode, we will be discussing one or more of the 2023 Elementary Nutmeg Book Award nominees. You can check these out from your local library. Hello, my name is Anne Poirier. I am a school librarian at Moses Y. Beach Elementary School in Wallingford, Connecticut. On today's episode of Nutmeg Book Drops, we welcome the creators of Mr. Summerling's Secret Code, the first book in the Treasure Troop series published by Penguin Workshop. Hello, Dory. Hi, Anne. Thanks for having me. I'm Dory Hillestead Butler, and I am the author of the Treasure Troop series. And also, welcome to Tim. Hi, Anne. Uh, my name is Tim Budgeon, and I'm the illustrator of the Treasure Troop series. And it's really lovely to be here. I'm so happy to have you both here to talk to our <laughs> Nutmeg readers, second and third graders, um, who are very anxious to hear about the 2023 Nutmeg nominees and their creators. Let's start just by talking about where you are joining us from. We realize we are in three different time zones. So our Nutmeg listeners are here in Connecticut. Dory, can you tell us about where you are joining us from? Sure, I am clear across the country from you in Seattle, Washington. So I am three hours earlier than you are. And Tim, tell us about where you live. Well, I'm five hours ahead of you uh, and I'm on the south coast of England uh, on a place called Hailing Island. Thank you. Dory, I liked getting to know more about patching or covering one eye to strengthen the other. How did you decide to have Marley, our main character, be a kid who patches? Actually, that came from a school visit. I met a, a girl at a school in Iowa who had a patch over one eye, and she was older than you typically see. She was, oh gosh, I third or fourth grade. And she asked me if I would ever put a, a character like her in a book, but make it not be about patching. Just make it be a character who happens to have a patch and is doing something else. That stuck with me. I mean, she was she was a really neat kid. We had a lot of good talks about books while I was there. She kept me company in the library while I signed books, and I never, you know, forgot her. So uh, when it came time to start a new series. That's where I started. I was in in touch with her and her parents throughout the process of writing these books. In fact, she read them in process to help me make sure everything was accurate. And her parents read it, or at least her mother did, uh, also to make sure that everything I was writing was actually accurate. On that point, I think it's uh, it, it was so good to read that you know, representation for children in books. I've had emails and uh, tweets from children saying, uh, it's the first time I've seen myself in, in a book. So so thank you for that. For me personally, it was great. But then the, the flip side of that was, I had to draw her <laughs> in different angles. <laughs> so, 
so so I had to remember which side the patch was on. And uh, when she in the first book, when she's looking in the mirror, I was like, okay, so she's got her eye patch on this side of the eye, so I have to make sure I'm flipping it, and 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 vice versa. So it kept it kept me on my toes, but I'm I'm grateful for for it to be in there. It, it's a really nice little addition to the story. And I love how you um, decorated the eye patches as well, Tim. Well, and again, to... that was the that was the girl that I met in Iowa. I I described her uh, one of them that the flower patch was what was what she was wearing that day. When I was doing my research, uh, I didn't know how many. There's so many patches that you can get, and some really really cool ones as well. A friend of mine, where I last taught, her daughter had, had, was wearing a patch, and she came. She uh, emailed me and said, "I've got so many. I think I've got something like twenty different styles." Um, so it was great wow. actually to talk to her about it and uh, and and for her to see that in the book and she she absolutely loved it. So Tim, you have illustrated many picture books. Um, the Treasure Troop is a chapter book series. Can you tell us about the difference in your process when illustrating each type of book? The difference being that uh, most of all, the picture books are full color spreads, uh, sixteen spreads, which is a double page book. Uh, and then uh, chapter books and young fiction, um, there'll be probably about, I think we decided on about 50 different illustrations uh, for the book. And of course, the main difference being all the internal drawings are black and white for when they print. Uh, and then it's all a case of how, uh, how you go about uh, the drawings itself um, and making sure when you're reading and, and you're looking at black and white images that they're clear to be to see. Um, of course, uh, there's the same kind of things in terms of development and character development um, and planning and working out what goes where and working out the main point, the main areas of the story which are going to have most impact. And then working, and of course, on top of that, working out what space you've got. So um, those are the main differences, I think. But then an art director will say, well, we've got this area here and we've got this space. Can we have this? Can we have this happening in this area? And sometimes you think, well, that's not a lot of space to put a lot of a lot of information. So you kind of have to work out um, what you can leave out and what you can put in and what has the most impact, really. Whereas picture books, of course, big lots of colorful spreads um, you, you can have a little bit more play in terms of what's going on, I guess. I'm really curious, Tim, did did you get to choose what was illustrated in each chapter or did they tell you what to illustrate? So initially I get, uh, I get your script and it comes through and I get it originally in just kind of like your manuscript that you would send to Penguin. And then from there, the, the designer will split it up into pages and then uh, so then I'll get that, and so then I can see what space I've got spread over the whole book. And then the next set they'll send me will be be some art notes, and they'll just say, "Can we have Marley looking in the mirror? Can we have uh, Jay Summerling uh, looking at his phone at the desk? Can we have the whole families on the in the office table? Can we have this and that?" So it's all just notes. So then from the notes, uh, I take the notes and then I'll have to character design all the characters um, and then develop it from there. This spread here, yeah. we're in the, in the boardroom. So the rough, so I rough, rough out my work first 
uh, and the rough of that because I had to work out where everyone was sitting. So I'm reading the manuscript and they're saying so-and-so's here and so-and-so's here and then carrying the baby as well and Jay Summerling sitting over the side looking at the phone. So I'll have these notes and I'll say, well, how do we work that out on the space I've got vertically to fit everyone in and still have uh, you know, the welcoming at the front? Um, so the rough only took about nine hours to work out in terms of just sketches. Nine just, hours? Just sketching things. Or for the whole, yeah, for the whole book? No, 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 just for, for the that whole page. Book. No, Seriously? just for that just, yeah. Oh, wow. I had a bit of an art block. I did about seven or eight different versions of how they would sit and where they would sit. And then I'd go back to the manuscript and say, oh, hang on, so-and-so sits on this side, but how am I going to show that? How am I going to show her sitting beside someone? And then, then after that, it's like, do I like it? <laughs> do I not? Um, and then I let it sit for a while. I, I let it sit for the night. And then I'll go back to the next day and see what I can add or take away or move around. And something that makes sure that everything is clear. So, uh, so that for was listeners fun. who want to know what page he's talking about, we're talking about page 17 mm -hmm. in Mr. Summerling's yeah, page 17, yeah. That is a really fascinating process. And I, I think I can say a mark of success is that just it all flows beautifully. The, the text and the illustrations, they, they really do um, complement each other so well. Let's talk a little bit more about those puzzles. Um, Dory, I think Nutmeg readers are going to have so much fun solving the puzzles in the book along with Marley, Isla, and Sai. Uh, what is your favorite kind of puzzle to solve? And can you tell us a little bit about your process of creating the puzzles for the book? It's hard to, to pick which puzzle is my favorite, um, but I, I love puzzles. I, I always have. In fact, my children never saw, like at Christmas time, we celebrate Christmas. And so at Christmas time, they didn't, the tags on the gifts never said, uh, to their names, there was always a code. And each year the code gets got harder and harder. So I've always loved codes. I was actually telling an editor about that once and I had an editor say, I, I should put that, I should write that, that book. And it, it took a while to come up with uh, Treasure Troop. But uh, the way I did the codes was I just, I listed off all the codes I wanted to use so that I didn't, I didn't want to repeat them. Or if I did, I wanted to build on them. So like in book four, we see some of the same codes, but they are more complex or there's more to it than how it was originally presented. So I mean, that's what I did is I, I collected codes. I thought about the codes that I had used with my own kids through the years and made sure that they were um, age appropriate for this readership because I was still doing these codes when they were teenagers. Um, and so those would have probably would not have been appropriate for this this book. Um, but if if forced to pick a favorite for this age group, I think maybe it would be the well, let's see here, what page is it on? Because I don't want to say, I don't want to say what it is in case somebody is reading and hasn't solved the code yet. So the one at the bottom of page 67, I think that might be one of my favorites i'm not a code person I'm, I'm 
growing up with my my parents they my mum's always treasure map does treasure maps and treasure hunts and things like that but in adult life I, i'm not at all i think possibly maybe i've missed it. i'll do word searches and things like that but i'm not so when it came to 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 these illustrating these books it was wonderful to find all these new 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 codes to uh, to check out i had to go and google some to find out what they actually were so it was um, really good fun yeah and then actually trying to and trying to draw them trying to so actually getting working out what they were first breaking the code and then being able trying to draw what what's actually <laughs> asked of all good fun my own code yeah it was a proper brain twister thanks for that <laughs> <laughs> anytime dory j summerling he is not a very pleasant character. Was it hard or was it fun to make a villain in your story? If those are my choices, I'd say it was fun. I mean, you need conflict, right? You need conflict in, in a book and you need uh, somebody for these kids to unite against. Um, if you keep reading the series, things that happen with, with him in, gosh, book two, I think, um, I didn't know I was going going to go that far when I first envisioned Jay Summerling in the first book. Tim, some of your uh, characters in previous books you've illustrated are extremely cute, <laughs> such as Hugacorn yeah. and Starwall. How did you like illustrating a villain like Jay Summerling after illustrating such cute, cute characters? And um, can you tell it's, us about uh, some of your favorite things to draw? Yeah, it's it was. It's, I have to say, the project came around. It was a breath of fresh air, really, because because uh, I was. I think at the time I was. Uh, oh, I was just. Here we go. I was just drawing this one. Oh, Pandarina. So, so this is the third one in that series. So I was just, at the time I was drawing drawing lots of pandas and lots of cute glittery things. So it came as a real kind of lovely change to uh to do something a little bit a little bit darker and uh and jay summoning was good fun uh, to do but i think the whole the whole all the characters were good because it gave me a chance to just flex another strand of of my illustration my favorite thing when drawing is uh is character development is actually starting from scratch on a blank piece of paper and developing uh the characters and that, that's that's the, the the most fun part of any of any picture book or young or young fiction or chapter book uh, for me. My favourite other things to do. Um, uh, I like to draw Halloween characters, so uh, I have a have a book coming out in September uh, based all about Halloween. So drawing witches and Frankenstein's and pumpkins and things like that. That's that's all good fun. I like drawing dinosaurs too. Oh, there's there's another book. So that. There's, some, there's Dinosaur Street, so I like drawing Dinosaur Street too. Yeah. Um, those are some real crowd pleasers between the dinosaurs, the cute characters, so, Halloween so things. I like, to, I like to think that along with the young fiction work, I have a kind of a broad, you know, a broad range, really. Do you get some guidance on what the characters are going to look like, or do you read the book and then draw from what you've read? Yeah, so along along with the manuscript I get from Dory, I get uh, Dory's uh, description of characters of what what they, what we want them to look like. Mm -hmm. So when we kind of came to character development at the beginning, I had uh, certain 
requirements that I, ha I had to meet. So obviously the patch with the glasses, the wristband, and I, um, Sai, I was South Asian. Um, so, uh, so all those kind of things um, to, to actually think about before I started to draw. Uh, and then it's just developing the characters from then and, and the height, height differences uh, and all those kind of things go into the melting pot and then you have to work everything else out from there. Thank you. And it's always fun for me to see those characters come to life for the first time. That's one of my favorite parts of the process because those those characters are in my head and it's mm. like I'm looking out at the world through their eyes but I don't know exactly what they look like until I see those sketches. And I don't know that I've ever been disappointed. Mr. Summerling was, was one, one of my favorites to draw. Um, he, he was good. And I couldn't yeah. wait to see what he looked like because I didn't have a lot of description for no. him. So I it was fun to see, see him for the first time, especially. He, he kind of popped up really quick, kind of like, popped into my head and he, he's sort of based on my grand, my own grandfather he was he's perfect it's, it's, he's exactly right it's a lot easier to it's a lot easier to draw when they're in my head and it kind of just comes out sometimes i have to really struggle to find find them there he is he's really yep. adorable yep he's i would love to have him for a neighbor <laughs> he's on yeah me too page six he's also if you do get to read further in the series he's also on the back of book four yeah he kind of fell out of my head which makes life a lot easier so i guess like you dory with the writing sometimes little bits are easier than others yep uh, for so sure same for sure with, same with uh, illustration this one he just popped out and that was great it's like he's great he's done <laughs> i can move on dory marley isla and Sai just meet in this story but have to work closely as a team what character traits did you want to instill in each so this would work. And what do you hope your readers can learn from them? So, you know, I started with Marley, who, and all I knew about her to start with was she, she patched, but I also, I knew that she was a reader. I knew she was quiet. Uh, and so I thought about, and uh, liked to do puzzles. Mm -hmm. And so then I thought about who, who else would be in, in this series. And so we've got Isla, Actually, Isla is the one who's quiet um, and cautious, and she's a thinker. And then we've got Sai, who's more impulsive and more likely to take a risk. And I think you need all of that. I, I think, I mean, I certainly have aspects of all of those characters. So at the beginning, Marley is missing her, her friend, uh, her best friend who has moved away. And she gets to know these other two two kids and you know they are different from her friend who has moved away and they they get into this adventure to uh solve these these puzzles and they each bring you know these different pieces to to the puzzle that kind of come together both to solve the puzzle but also by the end of the series to solidify their relationship Tim, can you tell us a little bit how you got your start as an illustrator, maybe any uh, previous careers that you want to mention? And also, do you have any tips for our Nutmeg listeners who love to draw? I originally uh, was a teacher. Uh, I was been teaching for 18 years. Uh, I started out as a primary school teacher. So I started teaching year 
for us that would be uh, year three so grade grade four for you i think grade three or four and then i uh, towards the end of my teaching career i did five years of teaching high school just art just mainly art towards the end of that i thought uh, all the time i'd been doing a, a di i did a di diploma an art diploma an illustration diploma in 2012 uh, because i wanted to develop my own work because all the time you're teaching you're teaching children how to do do something but you never actually focus on 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 what i wanted to do so i really wanted to get into children's books and children's book illustration by 2014 i was developing my folio so illustrators all illustrators have a folio of work and that includes all their artwork and and i was picked up by an agent and so from then so, so uh, from 2017 I finished teaching and I've been full-time illustration ever since um, and I absolutely love it it's, it's it's what I get up for in the morning it's what I go to bed for it's live for really it's, and I think without it I don't think I wouldn't I'd be lost completely lost without drawing I've always had it because my great great grandfather uh, was an artist for what we have over here called the daily sketch uh, it was a 1950s um, newspaper, so he used to illustrate for them. And I've got his book. This was his book he illustrated in 1950s. It's, I found this copy in uh, in a bric-a-brac store. Uh, it's, 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 it needs repairing. But he this is this is back in the day before uh, we had uh, Photoshop and things like that. So this is all hand this is all hand painted. Um, so. He was he was an artist in the fifties and sixties. He was a sculptor and and all sorts. Uh, and that's and that's fortunately my my one trick of a one trick pony is my is that the artwork was handed down to me. And that's and one of my favourite things is seeing kids reading books that I've got my name on, you know, and and I've illustrated and and they send me photos on on social media, and they're holding up their book or their favourite book, or they go to um, we have World Book Day here, uh, so they dress up in their in their favourite characters. So I often feel that I've really made it when they come dressed up as a pug or <laughs> or uh, some kind of panda or something like that. So um, yeah, I'm, it's 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 I love it. Yeah, so that's kind of my that's how I've got to here really. Do you have any advice for kids who love to draw? Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, it's a really boring one, but it's so necessary. It's just, it's like everything, it's practice, isn't it? Practice, practice, practice. Um, and, you know, and just, and there's so much uh, information out there now uh, to find kind of YouTube draw-alongs where you can draw along with your favorite illustrator. There's quite a few of them out there. Lots of books that you can find of how to draw kind of ideas. Uh, so picking up those early Things. And you know what? When you when you first feel like you want to draw, you just anything. I used to draw uh, Disney cartoons, and I just used to copy them when I was about five or six. I used to just draw uh, characters from newspapers. And when you, you when you find a, a favorite illustrator that you, you you like the books, draw the draw the characters out of the books. And over time, what we what you'll find is that you'll you'll get you'll develop a style. You'll develop a way of doing it in your way. Uh, and you'll move away from copying to doing just your own thing, and that's and that's over time. That's not an instant um, 
thing but uh, yeah it takes time it takes uh, a lot of patience uh, but have fun along the way with it you know you, the, your imagination is just whatever you want it to be so you can draw anything you like which is which is one of the best things about being an illustrator is you can literally pluck anything out of your head and put it down on paper and i'm guessing yeah, that, same that's the with same writing writing. it's exactly Just the write same with writing like. yeah and, you know whatever it is that's your passion you know you you need to practice yeah. to you know gain mastery but if you're a writer i mean you can make anything happen in a story that you want you can go anywhere do anything story the treasure troop engages in an activity called geocaching as a part of their adventures without giving away any of the story. Can you tell us a little bit about geocaching and if you enjoy doing this yourself? I do. Um, I haven't done as much of it lately, but when my kids were growing up, we did a lot of geocaching as a family. So geocaching is where you you get the GPS coordinates for a location and you find that location and find, depending on what it is, I mean, it might be a box that has some treasures in it. It could be, you know, a tiny, tiny little cylinder, like the size of your fingernail. And then you go online and mark that you have found that particular uh, cache. I would take some of my author copies and sign them and put them in geocaches that, uh, we found and then leave them for somebody else. And it was always exciting to go back and see when somebody had chosen to take one of the books. Oh, what a fun treasure to find. <laughs> Dory, what would you say, what do you enjoy uh, most about writing for kids? I enjoy being able to go to work in my pajamas. I enjoy, <laughs> uh, I mean, like I just said a little while ago, when you write, you, you can make anything happen you know, in a story. I like that. But I, I think probably my favorite thing about being a writer is hearing from from kids. I, lo I love to get mail. I love to get email. Um, I love to make those connections with my readers. That's I mean, that's why I do this. And how about you, Tim? What's the best part about being an illustrator of children's books? Yeah, I was, uh, I, when you said doing doing your writing in your pajamas, that's that's, uh, that's, that's pretty appealing. Isn't I can, it? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I can come down. I come downstairs. I used to I used to drive forty minutes to to work and then drive forty minutes back. So now I come down the stairs into my into my study, and it's 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 a lot nicer. I, I've never I've never worked in my pajamas though. I feel that like I I still because I'm so regimented from the teaching days. I feel like I need to get dressed and do it, do things <laughs> properly and have a have a have a certain time that I can work from one one time to another. But uh, but yeah, working in that is fantastic. But to on in all seriousness, I think it is. I, you know what? I think seeing your name on a book never gets old. Never get. I'm always so excited when books come in. And, it, and there's my name. I think, how did how did that happen? You know, and uh, that's great. And and meeting kids who've read your read your stuff or seen your stuff and reading Amazon reviews, which can be quite dicey, but um, but most of them they're quite positive, uh, which is which is great. But yeah, and and seeing kids dressed up in your characters that you've made, yes yes. You know, they, you, they've come out of your head and, and a child has loved your book so much that they want to, they've chosen that book 
to or a character to dress up as and go to school and have a day talking about that book is just like gold dust isn't it it's it's like the stuff every yeah. every author illustrator dreams of is kind of like wow that's just the best it's the best feeling in the world that and, and again that never that never dies does it that never gets old it's just so so that kind of fuels what you do next and, and so i've got quite a few books coming up in future where i think where i'm thinking i don't know how they're going to dress up in this but i really hope they do <laughs> Well, um, Dory Butler and Tim Budgen, it has been so delightful to get to meet you and speak with you about Mr. Summerling's Secret Code. And I know our Nutmeg readers are really going to enjoy this story, meeting the characters, seeing what they look like, and solving those puzzles along with them. So I really look forward to, to sharing this with children. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much for inviting me uh, on. It's been great and it's been lovely to meet you both. Yeah, I hope, I hope the kids uh, have have as much fun reading reading the books as uh, I had illustrating and I think Dory had writing them, I think. Yeah, and thank you for inviting me and thank you for inviting Tim. It was really fun to to see him in, in well, sort of in person uh, and be able to do an interview together. That's it for this week's episode of Nutmeg Book Drops Elementary Edition. You can find out more about our podcast at our website, bit.ly slash librariansconnect. Subscribe to our podcast to be notified when the next episode drops. Thanks so much for listening.